Right. Um, look what I got my friend for his birthday this weekend. Ah! Is that vinyl? Yep. Badass. So we got Boys to Men, and then we also have... That's hard to see it, but... Incub- what a Incubus. combination. Boys yeah. to Men and Incubus. We're just going to the 90s right now. <laughs> you're you're going to go from, like, sexy to angsty. Yep, yep. That's his jam. <laughs> and then uh, Incubus is one of Stephanie's favorite bands of all time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh... All right, you want to start this? Let's do it, brother. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host, Chris Eustad. What's up, party people? How's it going, folks? It is September 28th, and we have just listened, well, just viewed, uh, I believe this is the third chapter, right, of American Horror Story Roanoke, or My Roanoke Nightmare, whatever exactly we're calling it. Well, and where we left off from last week is right where we picked up as well. We kind of kicked things off exactly where we were with Flora missing and the grand mystery behind everything. Now, there has been some things that have come out between last week and this week in terms of where the season is heading, a broader picture that I definitely want to bring up, but I'm going to save that till the end. And before that, we'll kind of go through and talk about some thematic things and major things you noticed about this episode. Sweet. Let's do it. So, before we really kick things off, we've gotten... um, some great uh, emails so far. Keep those coming in. This American Horror Story at gmail.com. And uh, we love the Facebook discussion we've had going on, too. There's been a lot of great back and forth posting of articles, a lot of interesting interaction. The community's fun. That's what makes this show so exciting. It's kind of the following it has. So we encourage you to continue doing that at facebook.com. So this American Horror Story. Check us out. We appreciate that. And as always, um, you know, we implore you to check us out on iTunes and rate us and review us. We appreciate it sincerely from the deepest parts of our hearts. <laughs> deepest. That's pretty deepest deep, too. It's, it's so deep. That's what she said. So, let's dive right into what I guess I'll call, I don't know, this episode was all about Flora, really. It's you know, She was like the, although she didn't appear in the episode, she was the, um, I don't know, the fulcrum, the prime point upon which everything revolved uh and she's lost you know we saw that beautiful sad yellow jacket dangling in the tree from last week and we picked up right where we left off Mm -hmm. right chapter three um a couple questions for you so let's talk about these um really creepy uh let's call them oh i don't know uh amalgamations of pig parts and dolls that we we find lying around yeah, pigs and dolls reconfigured in, in a circle of what looks like blood. Mm-hmm. So I, this comes across to me as witchy-type stuff, all these kind of weird animal parts we're seeing. It reminds me a lot of Coven. In fact, a lot of things in this episode reminded me of Coven. I'm wondering if you also got that sense. Um, a little bit, yeah, definitely. Uh, with the um, like this group of people that are... Kathy Bates' group. What's her name? Th- Thomason. 
her whole click and what they're doing. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And then especially the seance scene. I felt like witchcraft and witches was like the underlying subtext of this entire episode. From Gaga, who we'll get to, to the seance kind of thing, so on and so forth. Uh, you, you know, that was like, I felt like um, homages in that way were bubbling under the surface. But speaking of no homages, I want to talk to you about um, the these feral feral kids that are apparently from the Polk family. When they stumble across that, like, um, I don't know, that compound. And they find these two kids suckling on, was it a cow was it a pig i'm not sure exactly what it was they're... a pig it was a pig of yeah, course it was a mama pig of course it was a mama pig um <laughs> this I, okay so this could it, a little bit reminded me of the raspers from asylum you know you got these like creatures mm-hmm. in the woods but it also reminded me of like hills have eyes weird inbred um mm-hmm. human or like i don't know Humans that have like uh, obviously been exposed to some pretty horrible conditions and maybe have some weird disorders going on from inbreeding. For sure. Did you get that sense as well? Yeah, a little bit. I was hoping it'd be more of a uh, you know being raised by the wolves uh, type of thing or uh, like the the Jungle Book, but nope these these kids are messed up. Uh, did you? I where do you think? Do you think we're gonna return to those kids? I felt like we like that was kind of like a big thing. We introduced them in the beginning and they start shouting. Croatoan or whatever, and then it's like we just leave them and don't come back to them at all. I don't, I don't know if we will or not. I think they may have just served their purpose, which is to uh, be the first people to initially say Croatoan. Which also, mm, I couldn't tell that that's, that's what the kid said over and over again. This yeah, I couldn't tell that's what the kid was saying though. He just sounded like I couldn't tell it was either. No, I only found out later when I it was either Shelby or Lee was like, you know. Cricket was saying the same thing that the right. kids were saying before. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that was obviously their primary function. I guess we're you know we're supposed to assume that they oh that they are descendants of the Polk family who packed up and left. Um, and the, yeah, which is we're learning something interesting about these guys, which is like they don't give a shit about their clan, which it seems like that's all they really have is their family. So um, I, I can only assume that these the hillbillies were used as a red herring at the beginning it kind of seemed like but i have to feel like they're going to come into play in some way further along the line yeah in horror movies the the, the hillbillies play the um the distraction or the red herring mm-hmm. uh which we all know they're not going to be the ones that are ultimately responsible for what's going interrupting on. real quickly i forgot to ask you what you're drinking which is kind of part of our tradition <laughs> no, no worries. So i'm kind of lame tonight i'm drinking water <laughs> oh classic water <laughs> So on year. ice, I can see. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's a oh, vintage. Good, uh, good vintage. Is it sparkling or or without? It's gas? actually, it's actually flat water. Even though I'm obsessed with um, sparkling water and and uh, Lacroix and all that stuff. What are you drinking? Oh yeah. Oh, we have a soda stream. Totally nice. Nice. I don't even drink flat water anymore. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, uh, well, I'm drinking in Manhattan, so I am I am fancier than you officially. So props to my props to me. Tonight. Yeah, you're you're carrying both of us. Back to the story. Apologies for the interruption. Um, so I do think that these kids were more of a plot device in this particular episode. Mm-hmm. A creepy plot device to lead us to the to like plant the whole Croatoan seed. Um, one thing that I did think was interesting when everyone's kind of canvassing the forest looking for Flora at the beginning is I think Matt and Shelby are both talking about like the mystical properties of the forest, how it has like this like hallucinogenic 
effect on people, it almost seems like. Um, and I thought that was interesting because, you know, you think of nature sometimes having those weird properties, but especially like with the mist that we've seen and everything like that and the strange things that come up. Right. I was going to ask you, do you think it's um, this haunted, magical, weird place because of um, the the cellar or the colony that moved there or is it because it was always like that some other like more ancient uh, entity occupied that space and turned it into a thing or has it just always been like that what do you think well in as we kind of continue deeper into the story with the crow or um the roanoke colony it kind of seems like when they had moved to that area um which Lady Gaga was already there as from as kind of my understanding. She's like some kind of older, more powerful Right, that's right. Know, demonic um force was there before even them. So it makes you wonder if like I don't know. I that's why I'm saying that I feel this like witch undertone is that maybe she's kind of the instigator of what makes this place evil. It may, it reminds me uh in in an opposite way of the children of the forest or whatever they're called in um, in uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. These yeah, these old powerful forces that have more of an effect on the current mod- right. you know, modern events. They're just less horny. <laughs> yeah. Um, couple questions for you here. Mm-hmm. What are the chances we find Flora alive? I feel like we will. And I ask this question because Lee makes it such a big deal that she's talking about, you know, 36 hours, it's 50%. 72 hours, is 30%. Like, they're kind of playing it up like Flora could really be dead. Mm-hmm. And and I want to point out that the way the IRL Lee is crying right. and, like, all worked up about this is more emotional, I feel like, than we've seen the characters before. So it makes you wonder that if, you know, is this just traumatic or did it really end poorly? You know? Right, right. Yeah, I, I think they'll find her either alive or if she does become some sort of ghost or whatever it'll be a oops a happy uh situation well happy as it can be <laughs> but they, they'll definitely obviously mm-hmm. find her at some point do you think they'll find her alive or as a ghost or what i'm so here's my prediction i think they will find her alive the reason being priscilla had said before that flora would be the last one to die all right. So it makes you think that she's still out there somewhere, and especially when they make the deal late. You know, I guess it could be a ghost still, but it's still. I, I think that maybe she's still alive and was drawn out alive somehow. Mm-hmm. That being said, it makes me think that maybe after that she does die, that she's not still alive in IRL time because it seems like IRL Lee got awful upset when ta- when talking about this. Right, and it gave us the first glimpse of the behind the scenes of the uh, documentary. Oh, yeah, and I'm excited to talk about that, too. Um, but I, first, I want to talk about Mason dying, from what I, I mean. I called it. Huh? I, I said I called it. I, I said he would be the first to die, and he was. You you did call it. You did call it, and it was, like, unceremonious as hell. He just gets out of that house after, basically, a little domestic abuse with Right, Lee. pushing her down to the ground and thus another. Um, it, it's funny. He actually has helped along with Shelby place some mistrust on our main characters especially Lee Lee's not as trustworthy as we think she is uh, at least compared to these people uh, or in these people's eyes in their perspective Uh, we see the videotape of her leaving and coming back we see um, her 
um, hus ex-husband uh, accusing her of hiding uh, Flora somewhere, and even ultimately at the end, Shelby thinks that Flora's just lost it. It really bothered me that they did not bother to ask Lee where she went during those four hours at night. I felt like that was a plot hole. Um, Lee comes in and it's like, Shelby, how dare you think that of me? I would never do that. Then just be like, well, where were you between midnight and 4 a.m.? You know, where did you go? <laughs> First question I right. have. Yeah, that's like a big, that's yes. a big deal. Why, why didn't they ask her where she was? Ah, it drove me crazy. Really irritated me. Um, but something I was thinking about with the... I mean, so... The burning of Mason's body... Obviously, the burning of bodies associated with witchcraft. Right. Which is what kind of has led me to kind of this continued theme throughout the episode. What was it that forensics removed from his body that made it recognize it was Mason? Was it a ring? I think it's a, a ring is what I thought it was. Yeah, it looked like a ring. Okay. But I did like the... You know, they want us to think it's Flora. And then she's like... It's Mason. Right. But uh, did you notice, I, so, you know, he's strung up like the pig and doll things that we saw. Um, the weird, like, rope effigy kind of things we've seen in past right. episodes, yeah. But, the, but I didn't see any pig parts on Mason's body. No, I didn't either. But that being said, everything was burned to a crisp. Who knows what else was there? You know? Right. Good point. Um, let's talk about Cricket Marlowe. I love Cricket. This was a character we didn't, I don't think we really saw coming because it's a character actor uh, named Leslie Jordan. Hey, um, Leslie Jordan, he's welcome to see him. I'm so happy to see him. Yeah, well, I remember for great runs on shows like Boston Legal. I know he was uh, on Will and Grace. Um, I'm not sure what other shows you might have seen him on. Um, he, he's a great character actor that's been around a long time. Yeah. He's great, and I was excited when he walked in, and he and he's the psychic. <laughs> yeah, and which obviously immediately makes you think of Billy Dean Howard because this is not the first time we've had a psychic. In fact, I mean, Billy Dean Howard was in the last episode of Hotel, so it's not even that many episodes away from the last time we've had a psychic. If right. you really think about it, um, and his specialty is finding missing children. The FBI uses, and he's him. obviously trying to connect them with Priscilla and everything. And we have this seance where we finally get more details on Kathy Bates' character, the so-called butcher. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about this flashback. Now, we are kind of reintroduced to Wes Bentley. We had seen him before, wasn't really sure who he was, so we find out that he's Thomas and White's son. Thomas and White, of course, being the wife of John White, the founder of the Roanoke Colony. And the whole legend of Roanoke, he's the one who goes back to England to basically tell him conditions are crappy, only to return three years later due to crappy condition, you know, due to um, travel issues, I guess. I don't know if it was funding or whatever, to find that the whole colony of Roanoke can disappear. Doesn't know what happened. And only the word Croatoan. Carved into a tree. Um, but, yeah, West Bentley, we find out is Ambrose, I wrote his name down as. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, thoughts on the flashback here? It was pretty brutal murders. I, like the the meat cleaver to that guy's head was crazy. Is that where you want me to start with the violence? <laughs> uh, well, of course we should start with the violence. I was thinking also of like the first of all, I felt like they chained her up for like not that much. You know, they didn't really show her right. doing anything too brutal, except like she was rationing the properly food. rationing portions of food. That's what a good leader does. And then like they just put on her a mask, like an iron mask thing 
that it was like she could still eat and breathe and everything. I'm not really sure what the function of her, her weird mask was. I think as soon as she put it on, I was like, I think the spikes are going the wrong direction because she could easily headbutt that guy. <laughs> and she tried to. That's what I thought she, that's what I thought she was going to do is just like plunge that spike right into his yep. forehead. Um, do you blame Ambrose for not I think he mother? should have asked his mother in the moment what to do. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do this or do you want me to, you know, I think most mothers or, or you know, parents would say, yeah, yeah, do it. I want you to be safe, you know, because he, he, he is, his life was kind of on the line if he didn't agree to join up with the uh, with the the rebellious five or six guys that were done with eating small rations. So I don't know. He, I think he did the right thing to survive. But well, and he does end up still surviving in the end after everyone else gets brutally mm-hmm. cleaved. Um, of course, Thomason is saved by creepy as hell, Lady Gaga. I thought that this like she gave me honestly goosebumps. I thought it was really like the way this was filmed and everything was very creepy to me. I I enjoyed it quite. A bit. It reminded me, I mean, here's Lady Gaga again with her, you know, music video acting, and uh, in situations where she's like this, it's great. Well, you, I mean, that's just smart usage by the writers, right? Putting her in a role that's, like, ideal for her showmanship, so, so to speak. Yep. Um, right. Now, I want to I point out a, a couple, um, an interesting connection here. So, the Lady Gaga character is from the sort of way she's portrayed whether she's a witch or whatever she's basically she's like a demon like force maybe the devil a lot of times you know i'm going to reference that movie the witch again the goat is considered like a demon like creature a devil like creature and she's wearing these goat horns so you kind of have this um imagery that's already associated with the animal of a goat and um she feeds thomason a beating heart of was it from a deer? What is it that she slaughtered? I couldn't exactly see in the darkness. It was a pig. I, I'm pretty sure it was of a course pig. It was a pig. Um, she feeds Thomason a beating, pulsating heart as a sort of trade for her freedom, from what I understand. Right, Gaga doing her best. Uh, she, I guess she's part of the Death Rocky. So, cricket, cricket Marlowe. You know, C. Marlowe, it seems to me as if he's named after Christopher Marlowe, which is a Shakespearean-era author who wrote the book Dr. Faustus. In the book Dr. Look at that undergraduate degree coming in handy. Pulling that English out, that's right. That classic lit lit class paid off. Uh, Dr. Faustus is a story about a doctor that essentially trades his soul to the devil to, I believe it's to live forever. So it makes you know he makes this deal with the devil. Uh, obviously, that's a trope that's been used and reused, and it got me thinking. You know, this story's coming from our cricket Marlowe. He's talking about the sort of pact that Thomason White made with what we assume to be the devil. So I think that has to be you know more than just a coincidence that their names coincide right. in that way. Uh, I want to know a little bit more what you think of Cricket, though. Is he a con man, or is he really the real deal, um, able to, you know, interact with the great beyond? You know, it's interesting that we don't have interview with him in real life. So, you know, I don't know what his ultimate, uh, you know, is he going to be like, Carol Ann, Carol Ann, and try to do the whole thing with Flora, like in Poltergeist, um, and ultimately, like, go into the light with, or with you know to fix things um 
but I think he's the real deal. I mean, like the way they're describing it, it seems like it's a real thing. I, I it would be really disappointing if it was just a con, right? Well, which is which is I don't what, know. Do you think he's a? No, I yeah yeah. I think he's I think he's the real deal too. But obviously, that's what Maddox. You know, Matt is always the uh, stubborn disbeliever so to speak um and also the fact that he wants twenty five thousand dollars that's a hell of a lot of money to ask from lee who is on what is she on leave from the police or is she officially fired I'm not oh she's sure fired much, yeah 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 so she didn't exactly have a whole lot of disposable income um to drive the butcher spirit away we have cricket shouting croatoan we've also noted that the feral kids said croatoan and that um, Croatoan was the word carved into the tree where this lost colony, you know, they disappeared and all that was left was this word carved into a tree. Um, and we talked before about, like, the theories as to what happened to this lost colony, whether they um, that related to a group of Croatoan Native Americans that slaughtered them or maybe they perhaps joined them or moved them to a new place. It's not quite clear. So there's a lot of interpretation as to what exactly that term means but uh we got an email between this week and last week from diana who directed us toward a um more kind of details about like the creepy mystery behind the word croatoan um and it's appeared different times throughout the past few centuries not just you know way back in the early puritanical days uh but in a lot of really creepy mysterious ways mm-hmm. as legend has it edgar Allan poe on his deathbed when he was in a state of delirium whispered the word croatoan uh, also the word was found scribbled in the journal of amelia Earhart after she disappeared in 1937 it was found carved into the post of the last bed that the celebrated horror author ambrose bierce slept in before he vanished in mexico in 1913 uh, it was scratched into the wall of a cell of notorious stagecoach robber Black Bart. Um, and most disturbingly of all, according to this article, was written on the last page of the logbook of the ship Carol A. Deering when it ran aground with no one on board on Cape Hatteras in 1921, which is not that far from Croatoan wow. Island. Good research. So the word, according to legend, has some real like mystic power to it. Um, and or you know is dare I say has some kind of magical witchcraft like force behind it, um, which clearly it does here because somehow that drives the butcher away from the house when Cricket starts saying it. Although he right. doesn't exactly explain what the power behind he it calls is. on something else during the seance too, but I can't remember what it was. Um, right, and then of course this whole episode. Oh, it, it ends in a really weird, kind of a bizarre little sequence of things. But before we get there, I want to talk about the weird story with Emily and the kind of story break we have, the meta story break, because I thought that was kind of fascinating. Of course, we we learned from Lee, IRL Lee, that she had lost. He's this is not the first daughter she's lost. She had a baby when or when she was seventeen, and then when the child was four, basically left her in the car to go into the grocery store to get some tomato sauce or something like that and she disappeared from the car classic neglectful mom but not really because like anyway right well she shouldn't have left her i mean and this is obviously becoming a um it's becoming a regular somewhat regular current i mean she's lost her second second child so the so you know i think the first you know it's interesting of course to know that this has happened before and makes you wonder about whether you know 
what her involvement is in it. Obviously, Shelby thinks she's involved somehow, and maybe, you know, it's not all coincidence, whether somehow there's some kind of curse on her fate involved or whatever. But I think the more interesting thing, of course, is that IRL is kind of freaked out by the fact that the interviewers know about Emily. And this is, of course, the first time that we hear the interviewers speaking. We, like, see them on set, and we have kind of a break and a little bit of insight into what exactly is going on in terms of um, behind the camera. What did you make of that whole sequence? It's, I mean, it's got to mean something uh, of why we're breaking into the the real world or the the meta world. Uh, looking in, I think we're it's setting us up for something in episode six. Because we do we have, do we talk about how like episode one through six is going to be its own thing, and then seven through nine is going to be its own thing, and then ten is going to be its own thing. There's like three sections divided up. Anyway, I had made a note of that to discuss at the end, right. but this is an ideal time. Right. Bring up. Um, so I think we're starting to unpeel uh, or peel the uh, layers of um, that are remo- have removed the two stories that are happening: the reenactment and the people that are the talking heads. And the talking heads, now that we see them, you know, not just as a talking head, but as uh, a person that is filming a, a TV show or a documentary, um, I think we're going to get more of that. What do you think? So now that we're like um, unwrapping this, let's talk about kind of what we know. And you revealed a little bit right there. The big news, of course, coming out was that. Episode 6 is going to be a major pivot. The theme of this season is really not what we suspect it to be. Um, and so, I don't know. Explain a little bit further. Like, what exactly are we... When you say, you know, we're going to have episodes 1 through 6 be one thing, the next section be another, and episode 10 be a whole different thing. What kind of impression do you understand? What is it, you know... What do they mean by a different thing? Right. I think, I mean, it sounds like one through six is up until whatever this big reveal or twist is in six is kind of is going to be this story. And there's we're promised something that's going to be very uh, that'll change the change our view of what's happening um, in this in this season. And I think I read Brian Murphy said something like it's like a hat and a hat and a hat. So there's like all these like different like hidden things. You think Mm -hmm. it's this, but then it's actually this. But really, it's actually this. Um, it's like those Russian nested dolls. Yeah, right, right, yeah. It reminds me of the beginning of Scream 4, where, like, you see two girls get murdered, and then it's two girls uh, watching, and it zooms out, and it's like, oh, we, it was it was just a movie, and these two girls are watching that movie, and then they die, and then it zooms out again, it's, like, three times removed, um, meta stuff. But, um, so, 1 through 6, I think, is going to set us up for... Uh, the, whatever this big reveal is going to be and then seven through nine i'm assuming is going to address like something that whatever that twist was and then 10 is going to said he said it's going to be uh, like its own thing i mean they i think they're all going to be related obviously um and a lot of the same people i'm hoping um but uh that, i mean that's all i really know is there more yeah, and I mean, obviously, they're just hinting at things, and I don't know much more than you. I do know a couple things that we're supposed to get some kind of origin story of the Dandy Mott family from Freak Show, um, and I don't. I think this relates all the way back to the old Croatoan colony, and, you know, if we remember back to Freak Show, there was talk of, like, this family's weird ancestral racist history, and I think that that's part—we're going to see some kind of origin of that, whether or not that means Finn— 
Witchrock is going to be actually playing those characters. I'm not sure because I don't know that I've heard he's coming. He's one of the people who's back. Have you? I haven't. I haven't seen anything. I do know we have Evan Peters and Cheyenne Jackson who are for sure supposed to be back, who we haven't seen yet. And so whether or not they're holding those guys off until, you know, part two of this season, is is yet to be seen. Um, but we've talked about this. We talked about the possibility that Roanoke is not necessarily the real theme here that there's some other kind of weird thing going on maybe the theme is like reality tv show or something or you know um i I don't know it seems like they're leading us like you said leading us down a path that we're going to have the rug pulled out from underneath us some way so we should be prepared for that and i think it's worthwhile to speculate as to what that is um so we can keep looking for clues as, as things go on now let's talk about the final weird ass scene here um, in which they go into the forest to summon Priscilla. Uh, multiple things happen at once. Cricket makes a deal with Kathy Bates, the butcher, that um, if she brings Flora back, they'll basically burn the house down, according to Lee, and she's already agreed on this. Right, and it was kind of weird because yeah. Shelby's like, no, don't do that. Like, really? I'm pretty sure at this point you, you'd be down, you know. Yeah, Shelby. Shelby needs to get over herself a little bit. She like, thinks she can flip it. You know, she's already been attacked multiple times. <laughs> yeah, what's she gonna do? House hunters. I'm gonna put this on house hunters or some shit. I don't know. Um, so, you know, they strike a strange deal, and you know, not to be, you know, we already know the value of like the sacrificial power of burning things to these people. So that's interesting. Oh, question for you: Are they the ones that killed Mason? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Know, do you think they are? They don't seem to have any hesitation to. I don't know. We've seen them burn someone else alive before, so you know it's hard. Like you said, there was no pig parts. Though it seems so. like it might be a sacrifice to whatever Lady Gaga's character is or entity is. Which brings us to the really bizarre, creepy scene where Shelby wanders a few paces away to find uh, the hillbilly dudes jacking it to Matt having sex with Demon Gaga. Mm-hmm. Yep. Doggy style. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, this was a scene, if you forgot you were watching American Horror Story, that, that scene right there was like, ah, yes, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a familiar looking uh, situation and style that it was filmed um, that reminded me of a lot of the seasons of American Horror Story. But uh, what were we going to ask? Well, I think there's a few conclusions we can draw from this scene. One... I thought those I, like clear, clearly then the hillbillies are in collusion with the Lady Gaga demon creature. Um, if they're there, just hanging out, beating their meat to this. Um, two, I think that we have the understanding because Matt's memory was wiped of this that apparently the Gaga demon thing has the ability to um, possess people. It kind of seems like maybe uh, at least wipe their memory. This is what I was going to ask you. Um, you know, we don't know what Lee did when she left for four hours, but and we, we do know what um, Matt did for the, I don't know, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes that he was missing. But why why is this memory loss? Is it Gaga doing this, or is it something about the woods there, or I don't know? I kind of find the woods to be synonymous with the Gaga with Gaga's witch. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like, you know, she is the dark power of the woods. Um, and I think that I I wouldn't I think that it's quite possible that they're all like 
it has some kind of weird mystic power to it that makes them do things that they you know can't remember or don't mean to do it has some kind of possession possession right to it um and i think i i do think that the gaga demon is like maybe responsible for kind of everything that, that's going on here him having sex with her makes you wonder if she's going to get pregnant and have like a demon baby or something. We've clearly seen demon babies in the past. Like hotel. Well, like hotel or murder house. house. I, mean, I mean, yeah. We've got, we've gone this route, so I hope they don't go that route. Um, but I'm assuming that's the only reason that she'd want to uh, bang him. Right. Yeah. Unless she's trying to get like, which is what we have at the end of this episode you know, all the relationships are just completely unraveling um, between our, or among our three main characters. There's no trust, there's backstabbing, there's um, uh, exploitation. It's, it's, they're not doing well as a, as a family unit right now. But, and Amigaga needs that. Well, I mean, like we talked about, and like we talked about this before too, they all have reasons that they could potentially be seen as unreliable narrators. Mm -hmm. Um, Things that, you know, make them inhibited in one way or another or motives for why they wouldn't necessarily tell the truth, which I think is interesting if we're going to start like going back to them in IRL. Maybe the story they're telling us and we're reenacting is not what actually happened, which is kind of bizarre to think. Um, uh, one last thing about the last scene, you know, Shelby gets pissed at Matt and thus gives up, leave the police her disappearing um one reference she says here don't you dare try to gaslight me about matt who claims he doesn't remember the um the sex he just had with the demon in the woods that's a reference to an old classic movie i think the movie's just called gaslight um have you seen that one i haven't seen the movie but i I use the term i know the term very well (laughs) yeah yeah so basically like the term comes from this old movie it's about this guy who like uh uh his wife's going crazy and he's like trying to comfort her and there's all like all these weird creepy things happening around the house and she's going mad and eventually at the end it's revealed spoiler alert that her husband's responsible for the whole thing and he's gaslighting her making her go crazy by you know pretending that he doesn't know what she's talking about and that she's seeing things and all this kind of stuff so that's what that references for those who don't know what the origin story is um but hell, I mean, yeah, going into next week, there's a lot of things we learned from the last episode. I feel like we didn't go jump back to. The nurses were not a thing whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this wasn't definitely one of those. It wasn't very scary either. I thought, yeah, I, like I said, I thought that Gaga was creepy in the woods in that first scene a little bit. But other than that, you didn't get too too much of it. We didn't get Dennis O'Hare back. Um I guess we're in a place now where Lee is in custody and Matt and Shelby are pissed at each other and Flora's still missing. Um, I Did you watch the kind of previews for what's what's going to go on next? I didn't. Like yeah, but I couldn't, like, again, it's very Mad Men preview-ish to me where I can't really make out what's happening. It's just a lot of jump cuts to scenes and reactions, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, in in kind of retrospect, what is your overall assessment of this episode? We covered a little bit there. I think um, I'm still a little distracted when we go in and out of the IRL to the um, to the reenactment, uh, specifically when they're narrating over top of some, a scene, which would be more effective, um, um, emotionally engaging with it if they weren't talking over it. But maybe that's what they're trying to do. I, I want to give 
American Horror Story the benefit of the doubt that that's something that they're doing on purpose so they could slowly stop doing it as that we start you know revealing uh, what's happening behind the scenes of the filming something I, I would love that if that's the case and then that's if that is the case that's well thought out but then again this is American Horror Story sometimes we come up with like storylines and then we just drop them when we're done <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel about um, Ambrose yet he seems a just like a filler character and i mean west bentley's giving us a downgrade for west bentley certainly after being like one of the main characters of last west bentley's giving us his best uh john snow i think <laughs> um and well we're at least i think we've moved to a place where the all the relationships between our characters are fractured so we're like shit's gonna get worse for sure uh that being said I still enjoyed it. Like I, I didn't. I was never bored, uh, which sometimes happens for me. In American Horror Story, but in an exposition, at least we got to know a little more about the colony and who who Kathy Bates is, Thomas and White. So I, I would give this a three and a half. Pigs, dead pigs, severed pig heads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you get? I think you bring up a good point, and I, th- I think that inherently, as we've mentioned before, and it continues to be the case. You know, it's just like a novel. If you have a novel where the narrator is telling a story of things that already happened to them, you know that they somehow survived, you know, through the drama. So there's inherently less tension in those scenes. However, the fact that things are not necessarily as they seem adds another dimension to that. And, you know, like you said, there's been past seasons where we've been let down a little bit by the writing. But I feel like it seems like clearly this is a little bit more well thought out than maybe past seasons have been, where I feel like we've just kind of ridden by the seat of our pants, um, lost style until we didn't know what to do with the polar bear. But this seems like it's a little bit more plotted, which I think is for the better. So I'm wondering if, like, for instance, like you were saying, I say, helps so we only have 10 episodes too, so it's not like stretched out. Uh, as it sometimes is, where if they chopped out two or three episodes, it would have been a much tighter story. And so, yeah, I, I wonder if, like, this break where we, like, look at a real examination of IRL Lee is, like, I don't know, if we're looking into, like, a, I don't know, like a crystal ball or something like that. This is, like, the first fracture in the crystal ball, and it's going to come crumbling apart, and we're going to see new things. Um, that being said, you know, I'm not really sure where we're going with the actual disappearing missing Croton colony. I feel like we kind of sap them by of some of their scariness by making a deal with them already at the end of the episode. But, you know, maybe Priscilla's scary as hell and she's going to be the overarching villain. Or, you know, we'll keep learning more about Demon Gaga and she'll be scarier as time goes on. Um, obviously, we are seeking those scares so hopefully those come up um i got big hopes for this pivot though i'm hoping you know i'm hoping we're leading to something i appreciate again the focus on fewer characters it seems like a seems like they're trying to keep the ship tighter and i appreciate that which gives me some optimism you know so i would say going out i think i like this episode personally better than last week i think i did so i think i'm gonna give it four four separate pick heads so we got seven and a half that's not bad. That's, That's not, not bad. bad. That's good. Not bad. Yeah. I'm still. I'm much more on board with the season 
than I have been in a lot of seasons when we get to episode three, when stuff just gets starts getting too weird and too crazy. This is a, a much more refined American Horror Story, so I'm absolutely. Ready. And I think that one of our favorite things to do is to theorize about what's happening next. What you know the um, what pieces we're missing that are going to come together, and this season seems especially ripe for those kind of off the wall theories and speculation. Um, so speaking of which, I think that everybody else should go and share those ideas with us because it's always fun to kind of uh, parse through those together and see who's right and who's wrong and what you're latching on to. So we encourage you to do that on our Facebook page and um, by emailing us both This American Horror Story um, on Facebook and then at gmail.com. So check us out there. Um, yeah, and wrapping things up, of course, on iTunes, rate us, review us. It helps build the community, draw more people in, or drive them out, depending on how you feel. But if you've been here for a while, hopefully uh, you enjoy us and you're hanging out for a reason. So we appreciate you all, and we appreciate uh, what you bring to the conversation. That. We just have fun talking about it. Um, Chris, where can people kind of follow what you're up to between now and next Wednesday? Twitter and Instagram, at Chris Husted, Chris with a K. What about you, Tyler? Check me out at TJMoss11 on Twitter. That's where I'll be every day. <laughs> All right, folks. Have a wonderful uh, week until next week, and uh, let's keep the conversation going. And until then, happy hauntings. <laughs>